Welcome to the RAF Mildenhall Protestant Parish Podcast. As you prepare your heart to receive today's word, we pray that you are encouraged, inspired, and uplifted. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can almost tangibly feel the presence. If you just pause for a moment, you can feel it. Hallelujah. Let us all be seated in his presence. Praise God for our awesome worship team. Can we give them a hand one more time for ushering us into the presence of the Lord as they do every Sunday? God bless you all. Amen. You know, when you're in the presence of the Lord and you allow yourself to just be in his presence, man, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. So I invite you in this moment to allow nothing else to matter. But this moment, here with the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. This morning, scripture, we're coming from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 6 through 9. 2 Corinthians 12, 6 through 9, and it's on the screens. And it reads, if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I will be speaking the truth. But I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or what I say, or because of these surprisingly, surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in his weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. The word of the Lord is blessed. Title for this message this morning is Pride Hides. Don't run out, don't click off. Pride Hides. Let's pray. Father and eternal God, thank you for the eternal presence of the Holy Spirit that dwells on the inside of us, that you has given us as a free gift when Christ went to reign on the throne that will teach us and guide us and comfort us and keep us and make us better in you. Now open our eyes this morning to your scripture, new revelation, so that we may begin to even more lean into your presence, into your love, and submit ourselves in godly humility to what you have to say to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Pride hides. Pride 
hides. And pride is, is interesting because we all have it on some level or another. One way or another, we all have dealt or are dealing with some form of pride. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want others to see it. We just kind of want to hide it or ignore it or even make a joke about it. But I want to share with you a little funny story about how pride hides. My family and I, we enjoy Disney. Anybody enjoy going to Disney? Yes, right? Those days where, yeah, the whole family, yes, yes. Connie's got a big family. And so when we go to Disney, we always, you know, make an appearance, you understand? Can we show my appearance, please, the first one? We always make an appearance, and we dress alike, and we wear our T-shirts. Isn't that nice? Isn't that, aw, yes. So we're at Hong Kong Disney, right? And so we're vacationing with some of our friends, and they've got three small boys, and we're all going to go to the park. And so we go early because we just want to, you know, hit the park early, try to get on all the rides, and have a good time, and start off early. But on the way in, we are just kind of taking pictures like that. And, you know, the people, they are like waving at us and like, oh, you look so nice. And like, oh, thank you, thank you. Yes, yes, you planned it, all right. And I want to tell you something, that we weren't just looking nice. You understand what I'm saying? This was, this is like, we were from top to bottom, all white with children at Disney. Okay, show the next picture, please. I, you got to see this. You have to see from top to bottom, all white, all of us. Bam. Iron Man looks impressed. You understand what I'm saying? This is a dare to bring your children in all white to Disney for the entire day. So we show up and we um, see our friends there. And we didn't know, but if, if, you, if you're a connoisseur of Disney, you might have found out already. We didn't know on this day that there is a whole production when they open up the park. Anybody knew that? But you, you didn't know that? Okay, yeah, so they have like a parade and all the characters come out and they give you these big scissors. They choose somebody from the audience, they give them these big scissors, they cut the ribbon and they have like this parade that goes on and they get like all these gifts and free passes and it's, it's really, really cool. So we get there and we see our friends and it's their anniversary, so it was pretty awesome. And we say to, to our, our friends, well, where's your wife? We didn't, see, we didn't see his wife, where is she at? He's like, she's over there. They chose us to be the family. And we're like, what? Oh my goodness, it's your anniversary. Their boys are much smaller than ours, so they were really excited. And it was just a beautiful thing. And they're showing us their gifts and everything that they got. And she comes over and she was like, yeah, I met like the president of the park or something like that. I don't know, some kind of cool person. We're like, oh my goodness, that's so cool. And then she looks at all of her outfits. Can we see our outfits again, please? I mean, you see this. She looks at our outfits, right? And she was like, oh my gosh, yes, thank you. We're so happy. Man, if you guys would have been standing here, surely they would have chosen you. And we're like, yeah. <laughs> if we had been standing here, surely they would have chosen us. So we were kind of like, we're happy for them. You know, oh, it's good for you guys, right? So we're happy for them. But at the same time, we were like, you know what? We literally began to plot and plan how we were going to have the entire day at Disney wash those same outfits, get up even earlier in the morning, come back in the same outfits with our own scissors, and be like, you know, hey, us, you know, we were, and try to do what they had done, like try to get the gift that they had gotten. Like, we were just like, surely they hadn't, if they hadn't, you know, if they would have saw us, they would have given us the prize. And then while we were joking about it with them, and then even at home and plotting a little bit all day, we had to come to our senses, like legit, 
we, feel, we were feeling some kind of way that we weren't chosen, even though we were not prepared, we weren't even there, okay? Um, and it was their anniversary and it was beautiful that they got it. We were legit planning to come back and we had to stop ourselves and be like, that's a little bit prideful. Or it's a lot prideful and we need to calm down. So um, in that opportunity, we kind of searched for ways that pride was hiding in there arrogance was hiding in there. We could have like brushed it off or, you know, joked it off and, you know, just kind of went on with our, with our day. We're like, uh, nah, let, let's look for where we need to lay into celebrating with those, rejoice with those who rejoice and not worry about ourselves. So because we took that opportunity, we began to see different ways, just personally for us, that pride could sneak in. And I don't like pride because pride comes before the I don't want to fall. I don't want to fall. So we were looking for that, and the Lord, thank God, gave us the grace to kind of humble ourselves, gave us a chance to humble ourselves so that we can see where the pride was, address it, and give it to God. Proverbs 6.18 says that pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. I don't have time to brush it off or think it's a joke or think it's a game. I don't want to fall. So pride, let's open it up now, it can hide. It can hide behind jokes, it can hide behind accomplishments and even accolades and beauty and uh, fame and admiration and money and material gain. All these things the world tends to celebrate. And worldly pride can camouflage itself by calling itself self-confidence, self-assertiveness, or even success. Now let's be clear, there's nothing wrong with accomplishments and accolades and success and beauty and fame and all those things. All those things are great. It's just that the recipient needs to understand that those things cannot become idols and that those things, the source of them, is the Lord's favor and grace upon you. By no good of your own, by no strength of your own, does any of God's grace come your way? It's a free gift. You didn't do anything to get it. It's when the attempt happens to share God's glory in our human finite nature that we mess it up. It's when we lean to our own understanding and don't acknowledge him in all of our ways. We want to do it our way because we're smart. We've been there. We've done that. That's when we fall. But we have to remember that in all things, God is your source. God is my source. When we think of ourselves as the source, we most assuredly will find pride and eventually stumble over ourselves, stumble over our pride and fall flat on our face. So self-confidence, you know, the world celebrates self-confidence, but I'm gonna challenge you this morning to think about it as a Christian as God confidence, because those are two separate things. Self-confidence, confidence in yourself and your abilities. God's confidence, confidence in what God has already promised you by his grace. Self-confidence leads to arrogance because you find confidence in your own abilities, your own strengths, your own talents. But when you realize that all of your amazingness with your wonderful self comes from your father, your heavenly father, 
you have a new level of confidence now. You have a God level of confidence. A God that says, in me your weaknesses become my strengths. And your strengths, by God's grace, become supernatural superpowers. You don't have to have all the answers because the one who has all the answers, knows all and sees all, dwells on the inside of you by the free gift of the Holy Spirit. So now that we have that understanding and as we grow in that understanding, that is where our boldness and our confidence in God comes from. Pride hides and will falter and it will fail. But God confidence that is, is bold because it has supernatural backing. It is eternal. It's your promise in him forever more. So don't, t- don't sell yourself short by relying on gaining just mere self-confidence based on finite abilities and, and capabilities and finite intelligence and human nature, but lean on God's confidence, on God's strength, on God's ability and capability to carry you through where we find God's power and strength and his promises and his love and his compassion is in the spirit that dwells on the inside of us. That's where we get our confidence, in his word, in his spirit. And it doesn't get any better than that. Because that's a ridiculous amount of pressure to put on yourself to say, I can do it, all of it. I have the ability to do all of it. You can't. You may think you can because some things may have worked out by God's grace, but if you put God's favor and strength on your weaknesses, he said, I'll trade that for my strength. Your weaknesses, I'll trade it for my strength. Wow. So think of the areas that you are weak in and you can trade that for God's strength. Ooh. But it takes humility to receive God's confidence because you have to come to know the truth that you can do nothing without him. There's strength in humility when you humble yourself. I love 1 Peter 5, 5 through 7. Peter is talking to the elders of the church, and he's um, just a couple of verses ahead of it. But in 5, he kind of changes his conversation a little bit. 5 says, in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourself to your elders. He's talking to the younger people. And then in the next, next sentence here, he says, hold up, never mind. All of you, not just the youth, all of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes or resists in some translation. God opposes the proud. I don't know about you. That sounds terrible to me. That the one who created all of creation, who calls me his friend and his daughter, his child, my covering, my everything, I need him for every breath that I breathe, will resist me, will oppose me if I'm proud. I don't want pride. Get rid of it. But shows favor. Somebody say favor. Favor, but he shows favor to the humble. There is strength in humility. The world will tell you that that's just kind of being a wimp, but there is strength in humility. And I love the next verse, it says, humble yourselves 
Search for those areas of pride. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, and he will lift you up in due time. Now, this is one thing. I'm grateful for the ability to humble myself because it's one thing to humble yourself. It's one another thing to be humbled by God. That sounds public and terrible. I'd much rather humble myself and look for those areas where pride may be hiding and not just brush it off so that I don't stumble and fall. And in due season, you will reap if you don't faint. He says, he will lift you up in due time, in his timing. Verse seven, he says, don't worry. Cast all your anxiety or your cares on him because he cares for you. Whatever you're concerned about, trying to make it happen, trying to make it work, trying to make your way, trying to push your way through, give it to God. Give those cares to God. He will exalt you in due time. He will bring to the destination, bring you to the destination that he pre-planned for you. God says, I know the plans I have for you. They are to prosper you, not to do you any harm. First seek the kingdom of heaven and then everything else will be added unto you. Pride hides, but there is strength in humility. All right, so as we move on to 2 Corinthians 12, a little background here. Paul is speaking to the church at Corinth, and he's addressing them because they didn't necessarily believe in his ability to be an apostle. Paul's got history. They didn't, they didn't believe that he was a, a, able to give this message of Jesus Christ. Paul, who do you think you are? And so they were teaching false doctrine. And so it went against the gospel. And because they thought Paul was of questionable conduct, of questionable character, unfit to be an apostle, Paul, we know Paul used to be a persecutor. Persecuted, killed Christians. And perhaps that was on their mind when they're thinking about who Paul is and what makes him worthy to be an apostle. But Paul felt that he had to defend his character for the sake of others receiving the gospel that he had been preordained as an apostle to give. The gospel was at stake, so he had to make sure that they understood, I am able to give you this message, and more importantly, you need it. So don't look at my character. Don't look at what you think about, what, don't think what you heard, forget that. You need to know that this message is going to save you. So Paul's like, I gotta defend my character so that you can receive the gospel. So Paul wrestles with it potentially looking like he was defending himself for vainglory. And he became abundantly willing to risk himself for the sake of the gospel. But we can see how pride can hide as we watch Paul's words and see his response. And the Lord always responds in grace. 2 Corinthians 12, 6 through 9. Paul is just before 6 begins, just a few verses above, he was kind of saying, you know what? I could boast about how awesome I am because I know a man, and it's, it vacillates between it, Paul being talking about himself or Paul talking about someone else. But he's saying, I have these visions, I dream these dreams, and I know a man who went to the third heaven and uttered things that couldn't be uttered, to be understood in human language. I could boast about those things. Being caught up into paradise, hearing words and spiritual expressions that no human could ever be permitted to utter. And then we get here in verse six, and he says, 
even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. I don't know about you, I hear a little bit of pride and I, I think it's just hilarious to me. Even if I should choose to boast, I wouldn't be a fool, I'm not lying. But I refrain, Paul says, no, so that no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I say or what I do. So we see the struggle with, with pride here in Paul, who is known to struggle himself in scripture, but in such a manner that it always points us back to grace. In Romans 7, Paul says, the very thing that I would do, I don't do. The thing that I want to do, I don't do, and the thing I despise, I do that. Who's going to deliver me from this body of death? And he gets to the end and he says, God will. Through Jesus Christ, I give thanks through Jesus Christ, the Lord will deliver me. So we see Paul struggling. We see Paul struggling in scripture. So Paul continues to go on. He says, I don't want people to be looking at me. I want them to look at the gospel. And we go to verse 7. <laughs> and I love it. He says, or because of these surprisingly or surpassingly great revelations. He kind of keeps on like these surprisingly great revelations that I have here. We're not going to talk about that. Therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, in order to get a handle on my pride, I was given a thorn in my flesh a messenger of Satan to torment me. So in order for Paul to be humbled, because apparently he did not or could not humble himself, the Lord allowed a thorn in his flesh to humble him. That's why I'd much rather, like 1 Peter 5 and 6, humble myself, because if the Lord has to humble me, that's a different story. Verse 8, three times Paul said, or just consistently, I pleaded with the Lord to take this thorn from me. Paul was begging for the Lord to take away this thorn, but the thorn had a purpose since Paul needed some supernatural assistance with his pride and, and leaning into humility to keep him from being prideful or conceited. So according to the scripture, Paul needed to be humble. The scripture doesn't tell us exactly what the thorn is. I wonder if it was just pride itself. Just He keeps bumping into this I have to defend myself because I have all these great revelations, but it's not about me, it's about God. So God is kind of keeping him in check. But we're not sure. But nevertheless, even if the thorn and the struggle and the tormenting message from Satan, the Lord's message in verse 9 still covers the thorn and everything else. So we go to verse 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest in me. Boasting in weakness is a sign of humility. If you are prideful, you will not boast in your weaknesses. But he did that so Christ's power could rest on him. Paul said, if you find me boasting, you, you, you're going to find me boasting about the power of God. I'm going to be telling the world about the good news. Any pride that was trying to hide, Paul says, I'm going to humble myself the best that I know how and just tell of my weaknesses so that it can be replaced by God's strength. This is the confidence we have in God. This is how we prevent pride from hiding in our lives. We boast about our weaknesses and exalt the strength and the power 
of God that transforms our weaknesses, transforms our mess-ups, transforms our flaws into his strengths. So pride may hide, but there is power in humility. There is strength in God confidence. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things, not by myself, but through Christ who strengthens me. John 15 and 5 says, I am the vine. Come on, PWOC. You are the branches. That was our scripture. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But in him, you can do all things. Your strength and your power and your satisfaction is in your God confidence that he sees and knows all and will work every little thing together for your good, will fold you into his most harmonious plan. So search for those areas of pride in your life that need to be checked. Don't allow them to hide, because that's what the enemy wants. Because the pride will hide, cause you to fall, and your fall will be public. But I thank God for the scripture, the benediction that says, but now unto him who's able to keep me from falling and present me faultless before his presence with exceeding joy to the all wise God, majesty, dominion, and power be unto him. Because in him, we live, we move, we have our being and we win. And pride does not get the opportunity to make us fall. So as you choose to walk in humility, it's not always an easy choice. That is not, I mean, come on now, right? That is not always an easy choice to think of others first, to do the right thing, to remember scripture, and when somebody gets on your nerves or is condescending or rude to you, to not clap back in a worldly sense, but to clap back with the word. But that's how you express your humility in him. And that's where the power is. That's where you get to see God work. When you humble yourself and allow God to go before you. That before they see you, they see him. He will fight your battle. You don't have to clap back because he got it. Nobody can do a better clap back than God. Come on. You can't do it better. He's got your back. Just choose to find those areas of pride and humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you in due time. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father and eternal God, thank you for opening our eyes to areas of our lives that potentially pride may hide. We call it out in Jesus' name on our own. We choose to humble ourselves. We choose to see ourselves how you see us. We choose to tear down the kingdom of the enemy. And we choose to walk in your love, in your humility, in your strength. We trade our weaknesses for your strength. We trade our pride for your humility. We trade our hate for your love. We trade our self-confidence for your God confidence because that's where the power is. 
that's where you want us to be, in your presence and at your feet. In Jesus' name, we declare it as so. Amen. Would you do me a favor and repeat the prayer of salvation with me? If there is anyone who does not know the Lord Jesus and would like to repeat that prayer, you go ahead and repeat it with all of us. And if you want to know more about the prayer you just prayed, if that's your first time praying it, just come see me right after service. Please repeat after me. Dear Lord God, thank you for the shed blood of Jesus. I receive him as the Messiah and my Lord and Savior. I declare with my mouth, I believe with my heart, and I am saved in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We pray that you were blessed by today's word. If you have enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and share. Thank you for stopping by our station. And until next time, may the peace of God be with you.